Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Welcome to another edition of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin and joining me as always two weeks out from the grand final is Emmanuel Penglis. Emmanuel, how are you? Stressed. Very, very stressed. (laughs) I've I've become a specialist specialist supporter this weekend. I'm 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 free of stress, Emmanuel, and it feels great. I don't have to worry about my team losing anymore. One of the benefits of your team getting knocked out is you don't you're not sitting there, balled into in a ball on the couch watching your team lose by forty to Manly. But we have some breaking news: Michael Maguire will remain the coach of the Tigers through twenty twenty two. Thoughts? What an absolute mess! I mean, <laughs> when they talk about when they talk about your team being there in September. And making the pages, this is not what they're talking about. Can someone tell the Tigers board and the Tigers CEO that, that making the making headlines in September is basically what you do on the field? It's not for your inability to sack a coach. As a genuine question, was he ever under pressure? Was there ever scrutiny? Or was, it, was any of this ever happening? Or was it just a media fabrication just for clickbait for the last two weeks? Because it's just, it's been absolutely crazy and the same people that have said it's definitely happening today are the ones now saying he's safe. Yeah, I look. I have no idea what's going on. The media has been given one story, and then ten, then two hours later, being told another story. All we know is Michael McGuire will start as the West Tigers coach in twenty twenty two. Will he end the season as coach? I have no idea. Do I think the Tigers will be a better team next year? Probably not. They're going to be missing. Probably their best player for the start of a season, who is Adam Dewey. He's out with an ACL injury. Um, and we're, we've been holding off talking about the Tigers because we were waiting for this news to drop. So we knew something was going to happen. They're either going to sack him or not. My issue, my thing is, I just don't think... No, I, don't, I don't think Michael Maguire is a bad coach. I think he's a good coach. I don't think he will ever be successful at the Tigers. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. I just I don't see how things change or how things get better for them. Um, there's there's no solution in sight. They went backwards this year. Um, the, the, the struggle to attract talent, it's, yeah, it's, it's a mess. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Can we leave it there? Are we done? Please. Let's, let's, uh, let's leave the actual talking of football to the teams that are still left in the competition and the big, the big things that are coming up this week heading into the grand final, Emmanuel, are the Dally Amps. Now, there was a whatever there was last night, there's some sort of broadcast <laughs> that happened uh, where Daly Cherry what Evans was, was where Daly Cherry <laughs> Evans was compared to Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, and Cristiano Ronaldo, and every one of those athletes should feel insulted for it. Um, there was 
two, there was three different studios all talking about the one same thing. They announced the finalists for certain uh, certain awards, they gave out some random awards, try of the year, VB hardest player of the year, and all this other stuff. And then, yeah, that was it. Was it was very awkward. It felt like an episode of three NRL three hundred and sixty. And now we've got the actual proper Dallium Awards next Monday night. So we are going to go through our Dallium Teams of the Year. Before we do that, let's just recap on um, what was announced last night. So basically it was the, the awards you'd expect. So the um, Ken Irvine medal for top try scorer for the year was Alex Johnson, 27 tries. Uh, Ruben Garrick won the award for um, the top point scorer um, with 304 points. Um, the trial of the year went to Tom Trevojevic um, for that incredible 100-metre effort involving Ruben Garrick, DCE and Tommy Turbo. Uh, Isaiah Papali was crowned VB's hardest working player, uh, which was very offensive to everyone that knows Mark Nichols. Uh, and then the UE tackle of the year went to Xavier Coates for his great tackle on Dan Gagai in round 15. So I didn't even know what that was last night, Mike, but let's just pretend it didn't happen. I don't think it will um, happen again. <laughs> thank, thank God for that. Um, yeah. And the other thing that was announced was sort of the top five for the Dally M's, um, which is Nathan Cleary, uh, Tommy Turbo, Cody Walker, DCE and James Tedesco. Yep. Um, so kind of as you'd expect... Uh, we got four of those, and then DCE sort of just just was the one, the other one that sort of came to mind for us. Next week's obviously the big one. They announce everything. Um, so, how do we want to do it, Mike? Do you want to run through the team first, or do you want to run through your pick first? Let's go through. I'll go through my team. I'm going to put a couple of caveats on this before we do it. Um, this team that I am picking, and I, I'm not sure if you're the same, is who I think should get the award. Not who will get the award. Um, yeah. We've already found out that Justin Olam uh, has not been nominated as a top three centre this year and is not up for the running for best centre in the game because this is another caveat the Dallium's are stupid and need to be overhauled. They are rubbish, they need to be fixed, and they are a farce at this point. Um, Justin Olam has been the best, if uh, one of the best centers, if not the best center this season, but he loses out points because he plays on a stacked Melbourne team where players like Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen, you name it, are getting two, three, two or one points every week. And when a center goes for a center to get points, they need to have an absolute blinder and they don't happen that often. Right. Whereas someone like Matt Burton or Joey Manu, who play, you know, have played games at fullback or at half, uh, they're in positions to get more points because that's how the points system works. If you're in a if you're in the spine, you generally get more. You're generally more likely to get points because you have a bigger impact on the game. The Dalians yeah, well, need It's also <laughs> media hype as well. So I can tell you that I had a look at Cody Walker's numbers last night. There are a lot of threes in there, and there was a zero in round 16 against the Tigers. Um, and I don't know how this happened because he scored a try, kicked for 117 members and had uh, meters and had three try assists. Yeah. So we um, we we spoke about the Dalliums earlier in the year and some of the questionable decisions uh, by the uh, by the uh, people who award the points early on. 
So yeah, that's that. These are my caveats. I, I I should have brought this up a couple of weeks ago. We did top four things we want to see changed. The Dally M's is one thing I want to see changed. But that being said, this Emmanuel, I'm going to go through. So the the positions are you got you got one fullback, one winger, one centre. You got a five eight. You've got a halfback, a prop, a second row, a lock, and an interchange player. Then there is also captain, coach, rookie. And I think that's where we're going to leave it. Are we not doing the full team? I thought it changed so you do the full team. No, I don't think it is. It's one per one position each. Oh, I thought they, I think they changed it last year, but I'm happy, oh. happy to run with it anyway. It just can, makes can, my decision harder. Okay, I can I can do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's start with fullback and go from there. Okay. So fullback, I think it's a pretty easy choice, and this person will probably be the Dalian winner. It's Tom Trebojevic. Make you have the same? I did have the same. Yeah. I did have the same. Um, I, I actually think Tedesco would be unlucky in this category, but Tommy Turbo has had the year. Obviously, Teddy was sort of in the stats that don't really show up, um, and Teddy was sort of more from a, a leadership and, and you know game management role that he hasn't usually played. But it has to be Tommy T just based on everything this year. Yeah. Uh, wingers, Emmanuel. I have gone... Yeah. Brian Toto and Josh Adokar. Really? Wow, we've yep. gone completely differently. Ah. I've gone Ruben Garrick and Alex Johnson. Okay. Look, I, I think they're the top four. I just think yeah. that, uh, and look, Johnson's missed a bit of time. Adokar has missed a, missed a little bit of time, but not too much time. Toto's missed a bit of time at the back end of the season. Garrick's been, you know, Garrick, Garrick's been solid, but a lot of his tries have been set up by Tom Trubovic. So, yeah, well, then, good thing I, he's fullback in our team. Then, <laughs> and I think I think um, I, you know, Toto led the league in meters game this year. Was incredible. Uh, start in Origin. I, I just think that he he will probably get Dalian Winger of the Year. Is my opinion. Yeah. All right. Uh, my centers, Emmanuel. I think we might have the same here: Joseph Manu and Justin Oliver. Hmm. I had, um, I had Manu, but I also had Dane Gagai. Okay. Uh, I thought I thought he's had so Manu. I think has, has been fantastic for the Roosters. I thought I think Gagai has had um, one of his best seasons, and it doesn't really appear so much in a team that has quite a lot of talent this year. But um, it's been a breakout season. He he does a lot of the footwork on the left edge for South that has been able to find space that that sort of runs in all the tries for Alex Johnson. So. Um, I think it's been very impressive. Joseph Manu, of course, uh, everything was going well for him until it wasn't. Um, but, yeah, I think he deserves to be there too. Outstanding player. Um, I just don't know how well our backline's going to get on with uh, – my backline's going to get along with uh, Rooster and a couple of Rabbitohs in there, Michael. No, probably not. Um, definitely not at all. Now, 5'8", Emmanuel, I reckon we have the same pick here. I've gone Cody Walker. Yep. Yeah. He's look, Ed, it's it's who the award will probably go to. He's a top five uh Delium. he's finished he's finishing in the top five. So we assume that he will get the five eight five eight of the year award as well. And halfback I think is gonna be very similar. It's gonna be Nathan Cleary. Yep. Um yep. now Cleary, Cleary and Trebojevic, 
who knows? Who's, it, it just depends. Both players missed a bit of time at the back end of a season. I think Tom has one extra game, but Cleary's going in for one point lead in the last five rounds. I think uh, I think Tom might get Dalian Player of the Year and might just pip out Cleary. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think so. I, well, the thing I really hate about this award is that the media hype was all about Tom, like every week. And regardless of what happened, he was getting the three points that week. So, yeah. and Manly is a team with fewer stars uh, than all the others. So, I, and, and that's why I think Cherry Evans um, and Tommy T are both up for contention is because, you know, them plus Jake is probably, you know, the three main players in the team. Whereas you look at Penrith, you look at Souths, um, and the Roosters even, there's more talent there. Uh, the only one that's sort of not there is Melbourne. Yeah, and Melbourne, Melbourne, and this is what happens with the Dalliams, is Melbourne put together such a great team effort that no one really gets rewarded on that team. And that's, yeah. that's, a, that's one of the issues with the awards. Uh, okay, uh, your prop, Emmanuel. Who have you got? Your props. Yeah, I struggled with props. Um, it was tough. It was tough. I um, I actually, uh, it's so hard because you think of current form and you think mm, probably not. James Fisher Harris was in there. Yeah, but he missed a bit of time at the back end of a season. Was, I know, and this is why. But he was yeah. instrumental in their yeah. in their run. I know, I know. So I think, look, I, I the two players that I have are him and Junior Paulo. Yeah. Junior Paulo had an amazing... I feel so sorry for him. We'll talk about the game in a moment, but I feel yeah. so sorry for him from the weekend um, because he was he was fantastic this yeah, year. Yeah, he was. He was um, just brilliant, brilliant stuff from him um, and unlucky. But, yeah, I think he definitely deserves to be there. Did you have Fisher-Harris as well? Yeah, so I had James Fisher-Harris yeah. and Junior Paulo were my two props. Yeah. Okay. This is where it gets... Uh, actually, let's do hooker first. I think we might have the same hooker. This could be interesting. Uh, for what seems like the 20th year in a row, I have a Melbourne hooker with the last name Smith. <laughs> but it's but it's Brandon Smith this year. Yeah. I think yeah. he's he, been he, he has been awesome this year. Absolutely awesome. And he's he, he's you know, everyone was wondering whether he could he could play that dummy half role, whether his service was good enough, and it ha- he has excelled at the position this year. Yeah, no, he's he's been extraordinary, especially because you think that Harry Grant was the one everyone thought was going to play that role. Yeah. Um, especially you, um, Brandon has been amazing. Um, and yeah, I I think definitely I. It's surprising, really, because he's he's not made for that position, and you don't no. think of him as that role, but he's just done it so well, and he's made it his own. And um, yeah, he he gets it for me too. Yeah. All right, this is where it gets tough because. The Dally M's, if, you, if you've been suspended twice during the season, you get eliminated from contention for any awards. And if you get suspended once, you lose points based on how many games you're out. Um, play, the people who I think should get this award, uh, Isaiah, the second row, second row of the year, I think should get this award are Angus Crichton and Isaiah Papali'i. Now, I don't think Crichton will get it because he's been suspended. Crichton won't be in there because he's been suspended twice. But that's who I think should get it. Yeah. Well, um, I'm with you on Papa Lee. And I also, I think second row, Colin Matungi should be there. He was, he was another name that but, I had. 
but he's in the same boat as you flagged me yesterday, I think. Yeah, so he's been suspended here. too. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, and uh, we're going to have the same problem with lock of the year as well. Because honestly, I think Cam Murray deserves it. I think Cam Murray has had an incredible season. Uh, yeah. Been, his defense is incredible. But again, been suspended twice. So I think that the award will go probably to Isaiah Yo. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Cam Murray would be my choice, but I think Yo has been really good. Um, he's he's an awesome leader for Penrith. He's yeah. very well spoken. Um, he plays a, a great role. Um, but yeah, Cam Murray unlucky. I think that that's maybe been the difference with South this year. There was a point where Wayne was experimenting with Cam at those last row. year at second row, and it yeah. just wasn't working out. And no. you realised, I think we realised it sort of. Um, I can't remember if it was one of the one of our losses earlier in the season, or it was a game where Murray came off, or maybe one of his Origin games, and you realised how pivotal. Like and I think for Penrith it's the same. How pivotal those locks are to their defence, yeah, and to linking the left and right sides of the field because they're they're always in the play coming out of dummy half, um, at first or second receiver linking between the halves. So, um, yeah, yeah I yeah. think Cam Murray deserves it, but I think it's going to be Yo. Yeah, agreed. All right, interchange player of the year. This one was tough, but I think I found a bit of a loophole. And I think it's Nico Hines. Oh. Big call. I see, yeah. I'd go Dylan Walker. He's been fantastic as well. But I just yeah. think Nico Hines, you know, if it's done on points, he's going to have – he's played a – he's started a few games, had some really big games, but for the majority of the season has come off the bench, I think. Yeah. So that's why I've got Nico Hines. Yeah. All right. Well, D- Dylan Walker, I think, he's just, you know, played a great roving role sort of really pivoted from that sort of outside back position he played at Souths all those years ago and yeah. then half. It's just very different. It made his own. So I think it's a great um, role for him. Very similar to what like Connor Watson's doing for the Knights as well. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think that's the evolution of the 14 now. It's coming on in the middle and doing a bit of being able to do a bit of everything. Yeah. And that's definitely how the Roosters will use him next year. Yeah, exactly. All right. Emmanuel, captain of the year. Oh, Who you got? Oh, that's a tricky one. It is a tricky one. Probably Teddy. Yeah, that's who I've got. Like state of origin captain, led his team to a series, put his team on his, put the team on his back. You know, like he's not going to get the fullback of the year award, but I think he'll get the captain of the year award just for you know inspiring the Roosters to keep on playing. Like those last six weeks, it was just him for periods of games I- and. Yeah. Potentially, potentially, and I don't think he'll get it, but potentially Adam Reynolds. Yeah, I, like, like, I, the, I think it's the him. fallout from his contract. Fallout from his contract negotiations could have really gone pear shapes. Yeah, and it and it could have become this. The the whole season was derailed. I mean, when I when we had that podcast where I discussed it, my fear was that the whole season would become derailed, and it, it seems to have had the the opposite effect. Yeah. Um, but I think Tedesco probably gets it because he's he's still relative. He's got. Big game experience, but relatively young player and had to sort of step in and fill the void of about a thousand first grade games experience. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Didn't start the season as captain, but from round two, I think he was the captain. Um yeah. so yeah. Um other players probably Gufferson and Isaiah, you know, people who we mentioned, Nathan Cleary as well, have all been captains. So 
there are people who are up for it as well. All right. This one we're going to have a debate over. I can tell. Coach of the year. I've got my pick. It's a bit of a homer pick. I know you've got your pick. Hit us with it. Okay. Michael has gone Trent Robinson because Michael feels that Robbo deserves it for the situation the Roosters have been in. Is that right? Yeah. And, like, it's not – very rarely does Coach of the Year go to the team who comes first. It's the team who have played beyond their expectations. Okay. Did anyone expect the Storm to come first? No, they didn't. But no. okay, my okay, yeah. my argument is my, my argument is, and I appreciate it doesn't always go to the team that comes first. And but I think we shouldn't take for granted the fact that just because it's Melbourne's Craig Bellamy at first is inevitable. They lost yeah. the best player of all time, and they equaled the record of the 1974-75 Roosters, that esteemed team with all the great names, your Beatsons, your Coots, your um who else was in that team? I can't remember. I'm not a Roosters fan. But for that great team coached by one of the greatest coaches of all time and Bellamy's team of everyone that's left over except Cam Smith from last year managed to emulate that when everyone thought, how will they do it? There's no big three, no big two, no big one. I think it just has to go to him. Uh, I have him second. I just – and my pick might be a bit of a homer pick. I just think Robbo might get it just because of the narrative that the Roosters – the Roosters and Robbo fought immense odds and were missed out in the top four by points differential. I think, and I yeah. think that that's going to play into it. Yeah. Uh, as a South supporter, I would personally love for Manly to get the award and Des Tadsler <laughs> to have that focus. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we digress. Yeah. Well, um, the awards come after the game anyway. So Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of last night's awards. So yeah. now I'm not so concerned. Okay, uh, last award, Emmanuel, Rookie of the Year. Yeah, well, I think Sam Walker. Yeah, there's probably the two choices. Choice, there's, two, there's two choices, and it's Sam Walker or Reese Walsh. And I yeah. just think Sam Walker played in – had bigger moments in big games that mattered. And I think that's what's going to put him over the edge. He, you know, he eyes two games of field goals. I, yeah, I just, I just think that, you know, he had that incredible Anzac Day game. And the Warriors struggled, even with Reese Walsh being incredible. And I think he's a great player. I just think that Sam Walker played in bigger games and had an impact on those big games. And that's why he probably will get it. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, like, And Sam Walker did have some bad games this year too. But of course he did. He, yeah, and he, but he was better and handled it better. And, um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's just going to be him. So... Um, Play, the, players yeah, associ- the Players Association actually gave it to Reese Walsh, interestingly, interestingly enough. So the, the, lead, the, the, players, the players voted on it, yeah. Um, now, Mike, if there is no award for this, but whatever the opposite of a rookie is, who is that award going to? So we're talking about someone sort of uh, towards the end of their career that sort of had a bit of a resurgence a bit of a revival this season. Your, your most improved, would you say? Like a name that we mentioned before, Isaiah Papali'i has been incredible this year. Like yeah. if, if there's anyone who has improved leaps and bounds, it's it's him. He was one of the best second rowers all year. Um, there's another name that I can think of is Drew Hutchison, who uh, he just missed some time during the season because of a rib injury, but 
really came into his own at that number six position for the Roosters. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Kieran Thorne is a name. Yeah. Uh, he's been for me, an unsung yeah. hero for Manly this year. Yeah. For me, it's Kieran Thorne. I just think being back at Manly, familiar halves pairing, familiar coach, I just think it's it's worked for him. Um, and it's 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 great to see like someone like that have that resurgence, and it's great, you know. It took three clubs later and and a bit of a revival, but it, it's nice to see that happening. Yeah. Um, and then it's, it's obviously not an award, but probably biggest disappointment as a club for this year would probably have to be Manly. Uh, sorry, not Manly, Canberra. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, I was just talking about four. Yeah, no, yes. no, no, yes, definitely Canberra, yeah, Canberra. definitely Canberra. Uh, we, I had them actually finishing in the grand final. We, I think you had them in your top four to finish the season and they didn't make the eight. They were disappointing all year. Uh, so, yeah, they are. They have definitely been the biggest, probably the biggest disappointment this year. Yeah, I think so. Um, cool. Yep, uh, that's it. That's our Dell M coverage. Uh, we will obviously go through how the awards fall out uh, Come out uh, next week, next Tuesday. The awards are on Monday night on Fox. Uh, If the broadcast is anything like last night, you probably won't have to watch it. In fact, just don't. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, now, Mike, we had had a discussion last week about memorable semifinals and, of course, the 4-0 Seagulls-Roosters uh, 2013 qualifying final came up and we were treated to a very similar match on the weekend, yeah. um, which was not without its controversy, but a real battle of attrition. Unfortunately, yeah. it was it was a, a penalty goal that, that made the difference that probably wasn't a penalty goal. Um, it was not without controversy, but that was edge of the seat stuff. I was watching it with some people that don't watch um, that much rugby league as much as I do. Um, which is most people um, because no one really watches it more than us. But, um, and it was just edge of your seat stuff. Like you didn't even have to have a team. You didn't have to have a stake in it. And it was just, I I couldn't sit still. I I, Souths were having a week off and I was still stressed. Yeah, it was, you, you mentioned that four nil game. It's the lowest scoring games, lowest scoring finals game since that game was incredible. It was you know, both teams just fought so hard and there is some controversies around, you know, what happened with um, who are Jerome Luai tackling Mitchell Moses off the ball, I think it was, or it was a Dilla Brown, one of the two. Um, there, yeah, look, there's there's a bit of controversy that's come out. You know, Mitch Kenny uh, being down in the trainer, halting play. Uh, the pen, the Panthers have been fined by that and the trainer has been banned for the rest of the season. So there, there is some controversy out of that game. And this leads into, Emmanuel, our top four this week, which is a fun one. Top four biggest referee blunders. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's not great. Well, I guess the number one is the one and only. And it, it, in hindsight, it was the right call, but just poorly done. Yeah. It has to be the 2019 six, six, six again. again. Six again, yeah. It's up there. Um, it's, it's very up there. It was like, and you said the right call happened. They didn't deserve a six again, but the referees, you know, Jack White didn't hear the call from the ref that he goes, no, no, actually, still last, still last. And yeah, it's it's a it's it's a refereeing blunder. The referee screwed up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Mike. I have another one. It's a bit out of left field. 
Yeah. Um, well, it's not really, but the year was 2007. It was round 25. Souths were playing the Roosters. Souths had just qualified um, for their first final series in 18 years. Uh, and David Farlongo gets tackled by Brayton Astor. And um, Farlongo doesn't like the tackle. And he gets up and punches Brayton Astor in the face. And Brayton Astor gets sent to the sin bin. Is without a doubt one of my favorite rugby league moments. I can't, I can't believe it. Braith, I can't believe goes, I didn't you've, think you're of off this. your head. You're <laughs> I, off your head. I can't believe I didn't think of this. It was I was there at that game. It was incredible. I was with my dad. We were both pissing ourselves laughing. It was hilarious. And as a Roosters fan, I just sat there and was like, how what why? Well, like, how did that happen? How did Braith get Sinbin for getting punched in the nose? Um yeah. yeah it was it, it was incredible. It was one of the the greatest moments, and of course, the referee was Ben Cummins, who the Roosters yeah. have a sworn vendetta against. So, yeah, um, all the more special because Bray rejected Souths a few years earlier. So, yeah. one of my favourites. Yeah, uh, another one that comes to mind, Emmanuel, uh, and it cost the cow- the Cowboys are on the receiving end of some terrible calls over the over the years. Uh, this one was the seven tackle set that they got. Uh, before the seven tackle set was introduced to the NRL, I think it was 2013 <laughs> or 2012, where the Sharks got a seventh tackle on a set and they ended up scoring on said seventh tackle and it cost yes. the Cowboys the game. Yeah, they were trialing new rules and just didn't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> that was a... That was a terrible call, and it added to the conspiracies um, from the previous year, or was it the year before? It was the um, previous year, which yeah, we're Kier- going to talk about, Kieran the hand Foran's, of God. The hand of God. hand of God. Um, it's where Kieran Foran's hand sort of came up above Thurston, and it sort of touched the ball, and the referees seemed to have missed it, um, and Manly the, scored. The refs didn't miss it. The, at the time, this was at the time where do you remember benefit of a doubt with the video of a referee? They like, oh, try yes. benefit of a doubt. And they yeah. didn't have enough to overturn it, which is ridiculous because you can clearly see clear and forward and touch the ball. There was also another incident in that game where George Tafua scores a try, but he puts the ball about three or four centimetres short of the line and it never goes over. And first in famous, he goes, you screwed us twice <laughs> in one game. <laughs> it was a finals game as well. Yeah, it's it's funny. There's, I, there's, I, I do think there ones. are, yeah, there are some serious questions kind of that game, and I don't know. I think probably that's another soft call where the Panthers have managed to get two points. Um, there was the one Colomatungi on Cleary um, earlier. I can't remember if it was in week one of the finals, around twenty three or whatever. Um, there was that one on the weekend, um, but also in more serious. Note, the NRL has to do a serious review of, of trainers on the field. I think that's got to come over because I read that yeah. Panthers had 15 interchanges yeah, with concussions so and all that. Absolutely yeah. insane. So yeah, um, if if there's a rule there, it'll be exploited. But yeah. anyway, okay, Mike, week three. Yep, let's go. This is, this is This is the big guns now. This is the top four, third versus fourth, first versus second, Suncorp Stadium. And again, I just want to like this emphasizes how important it is to finish in the top four. Yeah, because yeah. the top okay. four teams in our are there. 
very stressful. Okay, so Wayne Bennett has stuck with the same 17-man squad that upset Penrith in week one. Um, Latrell is obviously unavailable, and Josh Mansour is apparently made himself available, but thankfully wasn't picked for this game. Um, for Manly, Hasler has been named, named the same 17, which took care of the Roosters. Um, there were no injury issues for Manly, and um, Hasler pulled off Tommy Turbo and DC early, so they'll be slightly more ref- rested. The referee for this is Ashley Klein. Um, okay. And the uh, bunker official is Grant Atkins, who I'm not such a big fan of. Oh, my. How is how is how is Ashley Klein the second best referee that we have? This is, I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, look, this is going to be a really really good game, and a lot of people are going to count out Souths because they don't have Latrell. But if they can put together the defensive performance that they did against the Panthers, they're in a real shot here because. They can, Souths can score points. We know that they can score points. Uh, and Manly's big issue is they can leak points, especially on their right edge with Morgan Harper. Yeah, which is um, South's strong side, South's left yeah, side. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to have Cody Walker swinging around all the time there. You know, Gagai Johnson, who, you know, had 27 tries this year. So, yeah, it's going to be a really good battle. Um, I think it's going to be one in the halves. I think Adam Reynolds versus it's going to it's going to be who has the better kicking game out of uh, DCE and Reynolds, who are, you know two of the three best kickers in the competition. Um, yeah, so it's it's going to be a field possession battle. It's going to be a grind. I don't think it'll be a high scoring game. It's going to be really interesting. I just give Manly the slight edge, just. But South's forward pack were incredible against Penrith and they need to replicate that if South's have to have a chance. Yeah. I can't even talk about this. I'm, I'm actually just so nervous. I'm so stressed. You can see this me. Is, I've been this like is, this. This is, this is South's fourth preliminary finals in four years, Emmanuel, and none of them have led to a grand final. Yeah, I know. I know there's a lot. Of, there's a lot at stake. It's very different circumstances. We we had a week off. Um, we've been there the last three years. I think our bench is very strong. Yeah, last year particularly, we limped in. The year before, um, Sam was playing, but was carrying a severe, a heavy injury, um, and there was all the distractions around everything with him. Uh, and the year before, I think we were just shouldn't probably shouldn't have been there. The Roosters were up against a very strong Roosters team. Um, I think our bench is stronger. Um, if our spine clicks, um, I think they can get it done. But I just I don't want to even comment because I'm just so paranoid. I'm going to jinx it. But hopefully, <laughs> I mean this this is potentially Wayne's last game coaching the Souths, Reynolds' last game for Souths, Gagai's last game for Souths. It's it's just can't happen. Benji could be his last game in the NRL. So there's a lot. Going um, on. There's a lot going. There's on. a lot going on. So let's move on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, next game. We have one versus two, Storm versus Panthers. Everyone thought that this would be the grand final. Uh, Souths decided to ruin that party a couple of weeks ago. And Penrith are kind of limping into this one a bit, Emmanuel. They're they're 
Injury clouds all over the place. Toto was in a moon boot. Kick-out went off. Didn't come back on on the weekend. Um, Dylan Edwards is injured. Jeez, there's there's some battered and bruised in the Panthers' ranks. Yeah, well, what, I just so we'll go through teams in a moment, but Penrith's defense, my uh, Penrith's attack, there's there's not much going on. It's just gone missing. It's, it has gone missing. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Luai um, and his form, but that they only scored eight points on the weekend. They they, it they a, scored one again. try. Yeah, it was from a kick again. They only scored one try against Souths the week before. Um, there's definitely the back half of the season. It's been a bit harder on them. I, I, there could be some fatigue there. Um, they played late into the year, short off season, um, origin period, and all that. It, it, it's taken. And I, I wonder how last week's game, which was just so emotionally draining and, and physical, will will play out here. I think that if the storm starts strongly, and you know it. Penrith is slow to start because they're worried about last week. It, it could be too much for them. Yeah, um, but I, all the hype is going to be around the rematch and everything that comes with that. Yeah, I, look, I think I agree that if Storm score first, I think it's over. Because I, I just think that the toll that the Panthers have been under the last few weeks, even the Souths game, was insanely physical and tiring and a defensive effort. They just, they haven't had a rest. They're, they've battered and bruised. It's going to be really tough. And Melbourne are rested. Melbourne are really rested and they're, they're cruising. And I just, like, they, they cruised against Manly. And I, I just think they're going to be too good. I think Melbourne, have, um, yeah. I, I can't see them not winning this game. Yeah. Uh, Storm are boosted by the return of Addo Carr. Um, who comes in for Lumi Lumi. And um, Brandon Smith was cleared of a facial fracture um, and he's also right to play. For Penrith, Toto is in the reserves. Um, and geez, they've missed him. He's just he's just makes so many metres coming out of his own end. Kenny has been ruled out with that ankle injury following that controversial um, call in the game on the weekend. Tyrone May is replacing him on the bench. Kikau's been named, but he's likely to come off the bench as he has for the past few weeks. He's in doubt with his own ankle injury. Yeah. His form has been underwhelming too. I, just, yeah. It's, it's I, not I, clicking, I, but I, I wouldn't write them off because, you know what, they can just – it's probably where they want to be right now. Look, yeah, the, the, the Panthers are an excellent team and they, they can win this game. I just think, given the circumstances, Melbourne just seemed like they're in a better position. I agree with you on Kikau's form. And I kind of think that he's become a bit overrated in my eyes. Uh, like, he's he's fine defensively. He's not great. Uh, he makes a bust here or there. But, like, he's riddled with – his game is riddled with errors. And it costs his team a lot. Um, so, yeah, I just – you know, I know when you bring him on, he, he looks like this big body and everyone rallies around it. But, I, yeah, um, I think Mitch Kenny being out is interesting. Like it's – I don't know whether it will hurt them too much because – you know, when he comes off, when he comes on, they normally take Coruscant off, and I think they're better with Coruscant on. I prefer Coruscant just play eighty, and you have Tyron May come in play a similar role to Dylan Walker, which you yeah. know would I think help Panthers. So I don't know whether the Kenny injury is that big of a an issue. Um, see how Dylan Dylan Edwards has had a huge game on the weekend, but you know he's limping a bit. It's going to be interesting to see. How he holds up, uh, yeah. I just think 
Melbourne's Melbourne's just got speed and attack and everything, and they're they're Melbourne. They're ready for this game. They knew they were versing the Panthers. I reckon they've they've planned for it. They're probably happy they're versing the Panthers because they haven't beaten Parramatta this year. And yeah, look, Nathan needs to have the game of his life to win this. Yeah. So who plays in the grand final, Michael? So I've got a repeat of the two thousand and seven and two thousand and eight grand final, Emmanuel. Storm versus Manly. Okay. Who have you got? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't do this. I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> I can see that. I'm so if, stressed. If, if, we could, if, if, if there was a way that I could show everyone the stress that I'm seeing on Emmanuel's face, it's incredible right now. <laughs> It's too much. It's, it's tough. Too much. And if we it's were tough. playing, if we were playing the Roosters this week, be that would worse. be even worse. Yeah, it'd be worse. <laughs> yeah. nah, anyway, it's we be, will it's find out be, next I, week. I hope that we get two great games of football. Um, we've had this final series has been excellent. You know, there's only been two real big blowouts um, last week, including the Roosters and the Week One game against Manly and Storm. Yeah, it's it, I. I think we're going to get two really close games and two excellent games of football, and I'm excited. Yeah, same. Uh, the the Melbourne game, the Melbourne Panthers game, by the way, is at 4 p.m. so that it doesn't uh, clash with the AFL Grand Final. Correct. And last week's finals were very high rating um, and high quality games of football, especially yeah. Saturday nights. Yeah, it was um, excellent, excellent football. That is, Mike. I think that's it. Yep, that's it. We're done. We next week, Emmanuel. We preview the grand final. We go through the Dalliem awards, and then we'll discuss where we go from there. We. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting. I'm excited. Yeah. I love finals football. Yep. And I don't have that. Okay, stress. can I go? I'm too I nervous. I don't have that stress <laughs> sitting on me. Let's leave it, Emmanuel. How good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? There we go. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>